Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Night Brigade presents Agent Stoker, created by Chris Connor and Brian Nelson. Episode 210, Gravity. This is Agent Stoker, and I'm looking at a death flip. Are you now? What the hell? Surely you haven't forgotten the Duke of the Sluach. Why would I ever forget a ghoul from Glasgow? And yet... You do act surprised to hear from me. I thought maybe you'd forgotten about me. Oh, wishful thinking. I didn't see you in Tel Aviv, in Berlin, in Rome, or Zagreb. But I watched you steadily, no matter where you went. Why do you show up at an outdoor cocktail bar in Perth, Australia? Uh, You might say I'm looking at a death flip myself. You're here to save the Australian captain of the Night Brigade. But I have a sense that this particular Yabo won't make it. And I'll be able to feast on his soul. Not if I get any say in it. Aye, but do you? Hmm? We had a deal. I'd give you the means to track down your Night Brigade leaders, and I'd be able to slurp up their spirits if they die first. How do you fix to stop me if you can't even bring yourself to down that draft in front of you? Funny thing about that. Huh? It turns out we're in Perth's annual cocktail festival, so the entire city is alive with the spirit of spirits. Hmm? Oh, your idea of heaven, huh? Normally, but you know that I need to find the Australian director of the Night Brigade. We don't call them captains. And despite the mystic radar you gave me to home in on him, I'm having trouble zeroing in on his specific location. I told you drinking would affect your ability to track people down. And it's not the greatest thing when preventing the end of the world rests on my personal ability to stay sober. So, here I sit, while the rest of Perth downs gin and whiskey and rum with abandon, having ordered two glasses for myself, one simple ice water, and the other a signature bit of mixology from down under. An interesting little test of character, then. Mm -hmm. To the extent that you have any character at all, Agent Stoker. He's nearby. I just can't figure out where. And I was starting to get a vibration when my concentration was thrown off by a certain supernatural snarl. Do you mock the Duke of the Slua? Just pointing out I'd do better if you left me alone. Aye, but how well have you done, though? How many lives have you saved, really? There was the woman in Rome. Ah, but she was saved when your colleagues stepped up. At my suggestion, yes. Noble of you. Still, uh, of all the cities I've hit, not one fatality for you to take advantage of. That's why I'd best remind you of our understanding. When one of your Night Brigade captains perishes, I make a rare feast from their spiritual remains. I confess, I was really hoping you couldn't get a paranormal passport out of Scotland. We've been yoked together everywhere. 
whether you knew it or not. That loss in Tel Aviv should have been a tasty morsel. <laughs> she didn't die. She was in peril from a djinn. My Arabic competition. Yet at the last moment she found safety, she managed to merge with the walls of her apartment. <laughs> Talk about living spaces. And then, in Berlin... Yes, Emil Goethe died, but you didn't show up with a napkin and condiments. Hmm? Emil Goethe slipped into another plane of reality. Not enough of him in this world to taste. And his successor now in Rome is pretty indestructible. Ha! No hope for you there. Still, got a good feeling about Australia. Keep your wits about you, Stoker. You make me want to drink after all. I should spare someone the danger of being swallowed up by you. I dare you. Pardon me? Oh, you talk tough, boyo. But you're not letting the world end. You'll stay sober to find your colleagues and make sure they're ready for the apocalypse. If you're so sure of that, then why did I ask the bartender here for a death flip? The name alone suits you. You're not wrong. <laughs> I stopped in to... Diabolique books and records on my way here. Another fitting name. To research Australian cocktails. This seemed appropriate. White tequila, yellow chartreuse, Jägermeister, simple syrup, and a whole egg strained into a coupe glass and garnished with nutmeg. Mm. Fussy little concoction. Not unlike yourself. And you think I won't drink it? Oh, go on then. Prove me wrong. Mm. Damn it. <laughs> you know me too well. I'm not putting anyone's life at risk tonight. I might know you better than anyone does, Stoker. I know you've killed, and you'd do anything not to kill again. Shut up and let me get about the work. The man I need to save has to be nearby. Just keep quiet if he shows up. No one sees or hears me if I don't want them to. I'm imperceptible to anyone but you and your little recording device. It's someone's texting. Australian phone number. Didn't you just tell me you were imperceptible, your grace? You heard me perfectly. And so did someone else. Well, this text reads, Agent Stoker, you're in danger and evil spirits beside you. Who dares insult me? What, you're not evil? I'm not to be seen by your kind. But not so imperceptible after all, hmm? Who watches us? Let me dictate a response. New continent, who dis? The Australian director of the Night Brigade. On the fifth floor of the Grey Apartment Building. Ah, oh, there. I see the bastard. Through that balcony. Spying on us like a rancid knave. As if you're not far worse. Ah, he's giving me building security code and apartment number. Should we go meet him? And now it's you who taunts me. <laughs> Is it going to be harder for you to consume a soul who can already see you coming, I wonder? Hmm? There's something wrong in this. I say that about every single day. Go on with you. Deal with the man. I'll hover outside on the balcony and size him up. Let's be clear. I'm not helping you feast on his soul. Oh, you've led me to him. That's all the help I want. I'll not come any closer until I reckon with this. As you like. I'll wait another day for my death flip.
Agent Stoker, come in. I am Cord Wayne Shute, cosmologist and Australian director of the Night Brigade. You may call me Cord. I'd offer you a drink, but the whole city's offering drinks tonight. I assume you're fine on the front. Your surname is Shute. As in Neville Shute, author of On the Beach? Hmm? Thank you for sparing me some witticism like shoot me now. And you're correct. Neville Shute and I are distantly related on the Norway side of his family. How did you know to find me? How did you see the Duke of the Sluach at my shoulder? And, sorry, but... <clears throat> what gives with your voice? I'll explain my vocal quality later. I happened to look outside and saw the Duke at your table. I might have come down to intercede, but I thought I recognized you from Night Brigade files. When I realized you were a colleague, I knew I could reach out to you directly. With my vocal condition, it behooves me to stay indoors. But right now, we need to make sure you're safe. I am safe. I'm safe, at any rate. You did seem on good terms with the creature. Um, regrettably so. He's using me to help him hunt down directors of the Night Brigade, but I have an idea about dealing with him. You're drawing a mystic symbol on the glass. Aveve. It's something I picked up in New Orleans. Shall I gather? You met Miri Laveau there, I understand. Ah, you've read my LinkedIn page. Yes, this Veve should probably keep the Duke from invading your flat. So, we're neither of us in danger here, then? Your sensitivity to the looming end of the world keeps you in danger, and that danger is peaking right now somehow. Which is what allowed me to track you down through a little gift that the Duke gave me. But as far as you being a delicacy for the Duke, he's going to be kept outside tonight. So whatever threat you face, it won't be him. Good. Because tonight is an especially important night for me. And in what way? I've been tracking a particular risk to the world. For the last few years, it's taken some doing, but I've been able to contain the risk in my own person. Hmm. You're bearing the burden of our sins. Something like that? Your sins or your business? Did you notice anything unusual about yourself on September 14, 2015? I guess I must have left my diary at home. What was going on in the world that day? Well, we got a better prime minister in this country. In your own nation, the Mariners beat the Angels ten to one. That does sound supernatural, but you have something else in mind. Well over a billion years ago, two massive black holes collapsed into each other, each of them many times larger than the sun. The gravitational wave from that collision traveled through the cosmos, and on September 14, 2015, it passed through the Earth. I must have been asleep. The impact was subtle. Everything and everyone on Earth was suddenly just a bit taller, only by a fraction of a fraction of a micron. But to me, and to LIGO, it was a measurable difference. LIGO? The Laser Infirmatory Gravitational Wave Observatory in Livingston, Louisiana. Oh, of course. And once this wave passed through the planet, then we all returned to normal? Thanks in part to me. And me. Right. Talk me through this straight, Gord. You may know, gravity isn't like the other great forces of the universe. Uh-huh. All of us defy gravity every time we get out of bed. Some of us more easily than others. Scientists can't explain why gravity is so weak. But one explanation is, our universe loses gravity without our noticing. Oh, should we call lost and found? The writing belief is, we should have more gravity in the universe than we do. Hmm. But it leaks away into other parallel universes. I would have thought of that, if you'd given me enough time. I do appreciate these little bits of humor that show me you're following all this. When the gravitational wave was detected approaching us, 
I wanted to make sure our universe had a safety valve. I spent two decades fine-tuning vibrational technology, trying to open a portal to a parallel universe that could serve like the overflow hole in your bathroom sink, making sure we didn't take in so much extra gravity that we were inundated. And you did connect to a parallel universe? I worked with the Night Brigade for a reason, Agent Stoker. What were the effects on that parallel universe of taking in our surplus gravity? I can't monitor that entire plane of existence. I have to hope the effects have been minor. Four minutes to wave. Measurements being thrown off, precision instrumentation failing. Lives could have been lost in ways that nobody could ever explain. It's possible. And? Does that bother you? <sighs> it's... It's possible. Isn't it pretty presumptuous to decide you can just use the next universe as a cosmic landfill? I've paid the price for taking this chance, if it matters. Does this price involve the strange oscillation in your voice? In order to ground my connection between this universe and the next, I had to find some anchor in that other plane of existence. So I put some skin in the game. I used a spell to separate my soul from my body and park it in the next universe over. You're a curious man, Mr. Shoot. You've mixed science and sorcery yourself, Agent Stoker. In the same way that you tied your friend's spirit to the internet, I tied my own spirit to the next universe. I call it the Chordverse, not just because of my name, but because there's a sort of umbilical cord connecting me with that universe. Three minutes to wave. So your argument is that you won't allow the Chordverse to come to harm because it holds your soul. It's like leaving my driver's license at the store so they know I'll come back. And this is why you'd rather not leave this apartment. Indeed. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long that umbilical cord can stretch. And this strange vocal echo you have, is that a side effect of parking your soul in the Chordverse? You're putting it all together. Except for this wave that your system here keeps warning us about. The 2015 wave took place because two black holes smashed into each other, yes? It can't really be the case that it's happened a second time, can it? Anything is possible, as you well know. But in this case, it's not the gravitational wave we face in our universe. It's happening in the Chordverse. And so our universe is going to return the favor. As the wave passes through Earth in the Chordverse, it will reopen the gravity portal, and our plane of reality will absorb extra gravity from the Chordverse. We'll restore the status quo. And once we balance things out and you reclaim your soul, close the portal and say goodbye to the Chordverse forever? Two minutes to wait. With thanks for the memories. Uh, huh. How do you open and close your portal on the Chordverse, exactly? This fidget spinner. I've attuned its resonance to the portal. You're using a child's toy to reach other planes of reality? Philosophers would approve, don't you think? So you spin that toy for how long? 7.77 seconds. Ooh, interesting number. Sometimes math works out that way. So when your system gives the signal, you spin the toy, it opens the portal, the excess gravity from the Chordverse leeches back into our universe, your soul returns to your body, and all's well with the world. Except for you. Hmm? Or rather, the ghoul who followed you. Well, I told you, the Duke's not going to be a problem. You're so sure? Because I can see him hovering outside my window, practically slavering at the mouth. It's strange that you can see him. He's, he's, he's offended by it. Again, I'm a director of the Night Brigade for a reason. This portal into the Chordverse, it's... One minute to wave. It's also something that only you can see. Now you'll be able to see it as well. Uh -huh. It'll be a small yawning chasm, right in midair here, in the center of the room. 
And I should stay away from it. I wouldn't want to get my hand caught in the portal when it slams closed. I suppose not. Anything that was in the portal when it closes, the consequences would be fatal. I'd keep my distance. But I'm all right if I just stay over here by the window. There's no danger I could accidentally be sucked into the Cordverse. The force of gravity will be headed in our direction. You'd have to fight your way through the portal. Not that it's large enough for you. Understood. I'm glad you're so inquisitive, Agent Stoker. You should enjoy this. It's not every day that someone gets a little glimpse of the next plane of reality. Honestly, it happens to me a little more regularly than I'd like. But... You've heard all this! Are you talking to the Duke of Slewa, Agent Stoker? Take your shot, Duke! Ah, this makes us even, Stoker! What have you done? Wave ended. What the hell are you thinking? Is the gravity in balance? What the fuck are you doing? How do you feel, Cord? How do I feel? Can you still sense your soul? Uh, I... Yes, I can. You did it. I did what? Yes, the gravity's in balance. The status quo's restored. But I can see the Duke trapped in midair, caught in the portal. Because you did it. I did what, for the love of God? You opened the portal to the Cordverse, just as I pulled open the window to the outside. You let in the Duke of the Sluach. I saw him heading for the portal. This all relied on you being able to see him. And I saw him darting forward to consume my soul on the other side of the portal. So you slammed the portal shut, catching the Duke and trapping him there. You had me kill him for you. You insane bastard. I wish he were dead. He's trapped, unable to speak, but I can still feel his essence through the bit of Eldritch he placed in me. You needed to remove him as a threat. I still have two more directors of the Night Brigade to visit Africa and Antarctica. I can't have him dogging my steps. I've been followed everywhere by a paranormal cannibal. It had to you stop. You used my soul as I had to. And you kept me from reuniting with my own soul. If I open the window again, the Duke gets free and devours my soul before I can stop him. You told me anything is possible. We can find a way to capture him before he gets loose, boy. With all the supernatural resources of the Night Brigade, there has to be a way. Now you're the presumptuous one. Gambling with my immortal spirit. Maybe line it up against how you were willing to put a whole separate universe at risk. You've put me at a greater risk than the gravitational wave ever. What kind of man are you? According to the Duke, I've got something corroded in my soul. A little memento from an encounter with an elder god I faced down years ago. You best figure out how to clear your spirit then, before you hurt more people in the name of saving them. Are you hurt? Actually, you seem in good health for someone who's stored his soul outside his body for the better part of a decade. Get out. Get the hell out! Get to Africa, get to Antarctica! I've got work to do to try to reintegrate. Where do I go, exactly? You've got your magic. The Duke's spell that lets you sense the next director in danger. It's... Uh, no. No. It's not working. I... I don't feel a thing. You can sense the Duke is still alive. But you can't use his little gift to you. Well, then... We're both screwed. Goodbye, Agent Stoker. I had to take action, didn't I? The Duke was looking outside, clearly a menace, but we had the means to trap him right there. And it would have been crazy not to use it, right? Or it's me that's crazy. I still have means to find the other directors of the Night Brigade, perhaps. 
I can ask Agent Caliban for help. Or Agent Arcos. Or Ronit Bargada. Assuming they're willing to help me if they hear about me from Cordwain or Shoot. Maybe that corrosion in my soul is working faster than I thought. Maybe I'm becoming as dangerous as any other threat we face. Of course, my cocktail was cleared away when I left. But I don't have to worry about dulling my supernatural radar anymore, I suppose. Time for a death flip, after all. Agent Stoker, Episode 210, Gravity. Starring Chris Connor as Agent Stoker. Keith Farley as the Duke. James Babson as Cord. Emily Deschanel as the voice of the Night Brigade. Directed by Patrick Hogan. Written by Brian Nelson. Music composed by Christy Carew. Additional music by the Parson Redheads. Sound designer and co-producer Patrick Hogan. Additional sound design, Tyler Kaiser. Producer, Larkin Bell. Producer, Dana Brower. Executive producers, Chris Connor and Brian Nelson. Produced under the jurisdiction of SAG-AFTRA. A production of Night Brigade, LLC. Agent Stoker will return in episode 211, Grotzlong. We are living, living in a new age, living in a new age, kicking up the dust. We are listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube